Greetings, and welcome to the 80 Level Roundtable Podcast. In each episode, host Kirill Tokarev invites video game industry leaders to talk about the world of game development. No topic is off limits as long as it relates to video game development. New episodes are in the works, so remember to follow us or subscribe and share with someone you know will also enjoy the podcast. Ilya, first of all, thank you so much for joining us today. I know you're super busy and uh, thank you for finding some time to do this. <clears throat> yeah, man. Yeah, thanks for finding time to meet me finally. From yeah, no problem. No problem. Uh, yeah, it's like a... This is the second time we're trying to schedule this. Uh, okay. I have a question before we kind of go into like the details and talk a little bit more about what you do. How did you get into into the industry? Like, mm-hmm. how what what was your journey like? Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, it's a really interesting question in my case, I believe, because. Um, from the beginning, most of the 3D artists or people in the industry, they are related to it in somehow. They are avid players uh, or whatever. For me, I wasn't a big fan of uh, video games, actually. And uh, basically, I started doing that not so long ago, not from the you know childhood. Well, yes, I played Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat and so on on the Sega. But not not with that, you know, crazy, um, crazy, what do they call it? Well, addiction, yeah, the the addiction one, yeah. So um, I was working a lot in financial industry, and it it sounds crazy even for me right now. And um, I have actually the close close friend of mine uh, who is in the industry like for 20 years maybe uh, he's one of my colleagues and friends of mine from the childhood and he is the one who know you know that uh, who have this addiction to playing and um, we had one of that sundays when he proposed me to you know to get to get in uh, in terms of uh, to dig it out a bit because uh, he knew that I work with people a lot, and this is exactly what uh, they needed uh, that time because we were doing the project for, with a lot of outsources uh, that times, and well, the company needed you know someone who will be able to work with people. Yeah, so um, I was interested, so I started my journey from the Academy uh, Art Club. Um, this is the small school in Kiev, uh, and it, it, it's working right now uh, from back, I don't know, it's, it has been working for 15 years already, I believe. Um, this school, uh, the feature of the school is that um, all the teachers are from the industry and they, you know, teach not something like, I don't know, like... Uh, theory without the practice but they teach the workflow and the pipeline and and so on so I started from there uh, studied a lot of modeling, texturing sculpting and so on it took me I believe year and a half in general along with my work in financial uh, sphere you know it was crazy days because I had to stay to the mid of the night to do my tasks and assignments and then wake up and go to work in the morning. So it was crazy. But uh, then I started to work in wargaming company uh, with modeling uh, tanks and props for the consult project. Um, that time we was transferring from the PC to console and there was a lot of work basically we we were redoing all the maps you know from the scratch so it was really great experience for the junior like me and so on so uh, the project uh, it uh, uh, it had i believe 
year and a half in general uh, to be done. And I worked as an artist and as an outsource manager. So it also allowed me, you know, to see a bigger picture of how things is going on. Yeah, so this is, was the start actually. And then then more and so on, so on. So I don't know, I can talk about it mm -hmm. a lot. So, so would you say that like Kiev and Ukraine have like a powerful base for like 3D art modeling and uh, game development? Are there a lot of people who can teach you how to do it? Um, yes and no in the same time, because uh, we have a lot of schools right now. Uh, I won't be saying the names of it. Don't want to, you know, to spoil somehow our relationships. Yeah, okay. but, but, but still, uh, you know, there are a lot of schools, but... Um, I believe not in all of them, uh, people, you know, related so much uh, as in art club to production itself, because uh, these guys actually doing production and in the evening they teaching others. It means a lot because um, in this way you can get like a strong, strong, strong base, you know, exactly where to point your attention and from what to start. Uh, you know, and not to dig somewhere where it's not needed uh, on the moment. So at the moment, so that's it. So yes, I believe in Kiev we have like a strong, strong foundation of 3D art itself because right here situated companies and people who were in the beginning of the outsourcing. I don't know in late 90s and you know uh, early uh, 2000 uh, and so on yeah so but uh, you have to if we talk about the guys who don't know where to go uh, to study i would highly recommend you to dig some information about the schools about the guys who is teaching and about where where they are working and what project they do and so on and consider you know what what actually you could get from them because... i actually have another question so Ilya, you had yeah, this so... very interesting journey from basically finance to doing art in games mm -hmm. it's like if somebody was you know selling gold in, in the <laughs> bank and then suddenly wanted to become an opera singer right so mm -hmm. it's a it's a very different vibe <laughs> it's a diff very different people and i'm wondering mm -hmm. like what was your like impression when you first started working with designers and uh, creative people in the industry what were like the biggest maybe culture shock things for you like w what was the most kind of shocking thing that you learned when you started doing this? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very cool question, actually, because in, uh, you know, the financial sphere, and I respect it a lot because it's all about money, you know, in terms of how to operate with money, and not much people have, you know, deep understanding with that. Uh, so I really respect people from that sphere, but um it's tough it's tough one because uh, first of all you can't uh, in most cases you can see the project you uh, product sorry you, you can touch it with your hands like in 3d for example you know so for me the first one uh, the first one which influenced it on me was that you can instantly see the result of your work in finance it worked like that, but not not always, you know? Uh, if we talk in terms of pro uh, product, yeah, in terms of people, the, you're totally right. The people are super different. And um, finance is all about this corporate culture, like ties, like white shirts and blah, blah, and all <laughs> other, you know, uh, 
No, I, I like understand default, what you mean. Yeah, like, you know, default settings, if I can say so, for the people in the industry. So if you work in finance, you have to be like super smart, super serious with with a tie. And all this sphere and relationships are based on that, you know. Uh, and in 3D or whatever, in art itself, the people are more, I don't know, free minded if i can say so like it's uh, for me it's much easier to communicate with uh, these people we uh, you know we speak on the same language i don't know maybe i i can say like that like you don't need you're not afraid uh, if i can say so sorry for that you're not afraid to talk to your boss for example and to talk with him like with a friend like to tell him like dude this art is shit we should do like that yeah and this is uh-huh. completely clear and standard situation for the art sphere and in finance it doesn't work like that so, so it, yeah. yeah i i i kind of understand what you mean because mm-hmm. for a weird i don't know for like a weird twist of fate i work with both parties <laughs> so i work with people who are doing a lot of finance and like payments and i also work with a lot of people who are doing art and uh, mm-hmm. to me that they are like although i have very good relationships with both so I'm, I'm i'm not sure that like i can't talk with my boss or i can't you know do like any kind of communication but um the way they see the world is very different mm-hmm. right yep when i yep. when i yep. speak yep. with people who are doing finance and the like investing and all this like high level shit, it seems to me like they all think like very um you know like an entrepreneurial like not even entrepreneurial like uh like almost like they're building like an industry like very high level they think about the processes they think about like mm-hmm. uh the a lot about the workflows they think in terms of numbers and scale right so that, but that's like a very important part of it and at the same time when i speak about people who are doing art they are concentrating a lot on they're going the other way they're going like from very broad thing to a very particular thing and they're kind of like going from um general shape basically to more details like you're doing a zebra sculpt or anything like it's Mm -hmm. it's Mm -hmm. like in in their in their thinking in the way that they kind of perceive the world and my question coming from this is you worked as a manager in this industry Mm -hmm. and that's very interesting for me so if there is anyone who is entering this 3D scene or uh, art scene or anyone who's doing managing of designers, usually mm-hmm. they're having a very hard time <laughs> because they really uh, don't, under- yeah, yeah. you know, they really don't understand how to kind of guide those people and make them do what you want. And it ends up, you end up in a situation where you basically go through like a lot of artists and you find the one that kind of fits fits your style and your vision and so on. So I, I would really like to hear you like talk a little bit more about like this process of, first of all, adjusting mm-hmm. to managing uh, creative people. And then maybe you can give us some ideas or maybe like directions of how to best approach this. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, man, you touched a very sensitive and white uh, thread, actually. So uh, I got the point. Uh, actually, wanted to avoid a little bit of talking about it, but uh, no, no, it's it's completely okay, and I understand the concerns about it. So yeah, actually, uh, for uh, about the managing people, yeah, uh, they are. Uh, I'm not wanted to judge people, yeah, but uh, for the finance and art, it's complete. Uh, the spheres are completely different in terms of soft skills, also for the uh, artists. You know, uh, not, I'm not talking about like knowing technical stuff and so on, but I'm talking more about the 
let's say priorities uh, let's say organizing uh, the work you know so in finance people more uh, used to instructions like uh, you know the completely clear workflow of something yeah and uh, all the companies uh, most of the companies yeah they Ha they have like standards for some processes they have like uh, I ISO correct me if I wrong uh, system for the processes where uh, everything is you know specified and y if you don't know something you, you just can go and check it and that's it and in art I was uh, shocked actually because no one stick to any rules and it's hard and sometimes it's even useless, absolutely useless to, you know, to, to specify any rules because some projects just need to be like creative and not, not having any, let's say, short term priorities. You're just trying something, you're throwing it away and so on. And uh, sometimes it's a mess in terms of working with people. So uh, what I got clearly for myself that in art there are a lot of sub um, subjective or uh, correct me sorry if, if i'm wrong because i, I kind of lost the word for it but um, some things uh, which are uh, which one person will understand in one way and yeah. the other one in completely other and sometimes it's even hard when you work as uh, as a manager for instance sometimes you have to translate you know from one language to another i mean art language yeah you have to understand for example to an artist what exactly this workflow means and what art director wa wants from him and yeah uh, yeah yeah, yeah, and uh, that's where I'm struggling actually a lot, and I believe a lot of other managers uh, and guys who are connected to these workflows too, because sometimes it's just impossible. So uh, artists do something, uh, in the end, it's not what they wanted, yeah, and we have to to find what exactly, and all that depends not only on professional skills of the artist itself or me as a manager but in general soft skills i believe how people can perceive feedback yeah. you know how they uh, how they mentally okay with trying out and throwing throwing out this work and so on so for me it's all about the soft skills and what i got from my experience that it's very important to when you hire hiring people yeah so i i faced a lot of situation when guys for example have a very solid technical base but they can't communicate in any way and, mm -hmm. you know what i mean and you just can't you can't um, find the same language with this person to you know to be on the I don't know, to, to find the flow working with them because they began to to be in a stress when they don't understand something instead of just asking, for example, or, yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And so, I, so I agree. I agree. I mean, I, I was recently and still is I'm, I'm, I'm working like on a, like I'm producing a couple of projects here internally. Mm -hmm. And uh, the recurring joke I have with all of the people who work with me is that when I tell you to draw a horse, mm -hmm. right, like every person is going to have his own vision of what the horse is going to be, right? So it mm -hmm. might be, uh, you know, a white steed or it could be like a, an old horse kind of pushing the cart. And it's like it, it goes on and on for, from every person to the other person and so on. And what happens in a lot of cases is when, like, the management, they might have their vision, right? But they don't really share it. They say, well... Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, that's... I, yeah, sorry, I, man, for interrupting. But this is, was the point to 
where I was heading to, yeah? About uh-huh. that, uh, that sharing of what you actually want to get. And this is, I don't know, for me, it's, it would be funny to say, yeah, but for me, it's maybe the main, uh, the main lesson I learned for, for the last years, yeah, to, to share, to share exactly. And if you can share, then explain, then brainstorm with the team, then, I don't know, show examples, help to yeah. search re- references and so on, so on. Usually guys from, for instance, our direction, at least with whom I was, you know, working, they are not very much in it. They usually think that you already understood and understand, you know, what you have to do. And yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So please, please no. uh, proceed because I interrupted you. <laughs> no, no worries. I mean, like the, the way how we are trying to handle this, and I know it doesn't always work this way, is basically you need, to, first of all, you need to find references. Right, so references, I think, is like one of the most important parts. So, because if you if you can translate your vision into some kind of visual, you know, elements that you can copy or you can be inspired by, and so on, it makes things so much easier. Because especially for uh, for artists, because I when I worked with artists, I used to send them a lot of uh, a lot of text. So I send mm-hmm. them like a lot of pages, like presentations, explaining, saying what color I want here, and then what, you know, like everything, what the pose should it be, and so on. But in the end, you kind of end up with uh, not exactly what you want, because in a majority of cases, artists don't really read. (laughs) They usually don't really read the text. (laughs) Uh, So what I learned is that you need to do like a a board, you know, we use any of the like, you reference board the software and just throw a lot of the a lot of the illustrations there so maybe when you have that it's it's very easy to kind of do and the other thing is that um it's very cool when you can find a, a guy who fits your vision you know what i mean like mm-hmm. if yeah, yeah if absolutely you, if you're doing like um especially if i think in your position Maybe you can share some of it because you were working as an outsource manager, and I think it's like the worst possible job because you need to kind of you can you need to outsource this vision, and it has to fit what you what you want, and you don't always get that even with like your internal artists, right? But how do you achieve this with somebody who's like you know just doing it as a contract? Do you, mm-hmm. How do you find like the right person? How did you kind of look for them? Man, well, actually, as for me and my situation, yeah, I wasn't able to choose uh, with whom to work. Actually, we had a couple of partners and we just, you know, it was default default scheme to work with them. And uh, my luck, I was working w- with the team from India, yeah, and uh, these guys are really awesome. I, I'm thankful for that experience, actually. We had some troubles in communication, you know, because uh, I'm talking not very good in English, yeah, but some guys from India are even worse than me, yeah, and sometimes we had troubles to, com- to communicate properly, but still, they, had, they have really smart and awesome people who I don't know who just know what they're doing they are professionals I think uh, and I don't know I have, have hadn't sorry any troubles with them and maybe because I also communicate with them a lot so my secret was that I we had a call every day every day like uh, sometimes we had like couple hours or of talking like showing the examples so what i was doing i was preparing and this is from finance actually i was preparing like um, let's say guidelines but not with like 
sober text, you know, but more with uh, screenshots of how we should do and how we shouldn't. And we did some reviews on the mistakes, for instance, or but not only mistake on only mistakes, but also on the good examples. So my my aim was my goal was to show them not only mistakes, but how they should do this and what I think is great, what I think is not. And actually, this is what I'm doing with artists, uh, artists also right now. For instance, on the project, I usually manage the backlog, but in the same time, I manage the list of the main feedbacks, like best practices, you know, where I'm collecting the screenshots of good things we've done and the mistakes we've done and for in, for instance um, even technical and art examples of how for instance wood textures should be executed on this project uh -huh. because because i know the feedback and i, I know not only the uh, you know the specific feedback but i know it from all the assets in the milestone and i can easily you know form this kind of how to do and how to do not uh, list and it helps a lot and actually um, with outsource the same yeah it's uh, it's hard because you don't know the guys actually and you don't work with them face to face you know you usually work with outsource manager from their side and it's uh -huh. one person in most cases uh -huh. yeah and it's easier, for instance, to work with the team on site when you can face to face speak with guys, yeah, and see the reaction to your explanation or to the refs. So you can um, you can say whether this dude understand yeah, yeah. you or he just saying that he understands. Uh -huh. you know? uh -huh. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. I like that. I think it's um, it's a very good. That's actually a very good way to do it because. A lot of companies, especially very large ones on large projects, they build these kind of Bibles, you know, of for outsourcers, like mm -hmm. how we want, how we want to do stuff in, in our game. And they kind of break it down. So they, they say, this is how we want to do explosions, for example. This is how mm -hmm. we want to approach hard surface. These are like the common mistakes that you want to avoid. And it differs, of course, from project to project and from, you know, style and style and so on. But overall, I think it's a very good practice to give to, to the outsource team. And it's also, it saves you a lot of time, basically. You don't have to go over the, the same thing. Yep. Uh, but I wanted to say one thing uh, that I worked a lot with um, as a freelancer, yeah, with uh, different projects as a 3D artist, I mean, not manager. Yeah. So I, I were doing 3D basically. And what I noticed that, yes, from project to project, guys usually have some guidelines where they show, you know, some something. But uh, I don't remember don't remember at least one case when after I did a bunch of props for instance uh, guys showed me props from other 3D artists or freelancers yeah and explained me what is cool and what is not so they are usually limit uh, communication with me with the feedback they give me yeah and that's it so from my perspective, I couldn't see a little bit more of that. I understand maybe NDAs and so on, but for instance, if I would work with outsource team and I knew that I have to work with them sometime later, I would probably consider doing some learning session, you know, where I show them all the milestone with their assets also, you know, and mm -hmm. explain explain them a little bit more that we have these mistakes we have to you know check this more properly and here is very good things which are wasn't implemented on your assets for for instance yeah so yeah you actually of, yeah, yeah sorry go on. 
No, no, no. I mean, I think you touched on a very interesting uh, topic that a lot of people are actually struggling with. And we, we kind of talked a little bit about it before, but how do you actually, how do you actually give feedback in a, in a, in a good, meaningful way so that people don't, especially art, 3D artists, because mm -hmm. you've been both on the side of the freelancer as mm -hmm. well as on the side of like the manager kind of needs to get some results. So from both of these sides, like how would you advise approaching this? How do you give feedback to a person so he's not insulted and that he can understand what you want, you know, and do what you need? Mm -hmm. What are like, maybe, maybe you can give some advice because I think a lot of people are kind of struggling with this. Uh, yeah, yeah. So uh, actually, uh, I think that my opinion that I still learning doing that and it's never ending story, you know, because uh, there are a lot of different people and I uh, current current team is 45 people. Imagine that. And every everyone is special, you know, in good terms. I mean that everyone perceive the universe in their own way and First of all, I think the feedback itself, it should be, it should consider the uh, features of the person, uh, if I can say so. Uh, I mean, you have to know to whom you're giving feedback, you know? So if you, if you don't and you're just giving dry feedback, probably it depends on, I don't know, depends on person because for me in our team i always try to show guys bigger picture so not just give them feedback you know i try always to explain why we why we getting this feedback and why it should be fixed and what stands uh, behind it you know so it's always more than just just saying to fix that it's always maybe some philosophic talks on it yeah and sometimes i have to say to guys that guys really i i i'm too not to really understand uh, why we have to fix it yeah for instance so uh, for instance we have situation when player won't actually see these changes yeah but uh, our guy who is responsible in the end he wants it to be fixed because I don't know because it should be and that's it and sometimes I have to you know uh, to show my artist that I understand that and yes this is our work and we should do like that like this is the one side of this so just show the bigger picture to the guys and to be honest maybe not hiding behind something you know when you're giving that uh, so this is yeah do you, do you think it's important to have like um like background in 3D and understand how this stuff works to be to be managing a team like of a creative talent do they trust you more when you do do they believe uh, you more yeah it's a tricky question because uh, for me I don't know the other side you know so i don't know how to manage 3d team without knowing the subject because i you know my my way was from from 3d to management not not some other but i think yes yes definitely especially in terms of estimations and deadlines when you can uh, more deeply discuss with guys uh, how it should be done, what is the risks uh, generally, you know, what, what is the um, underwater rocks, if I can say so, sorry for yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, this, this uh, straight translation from Russian, but um, they, they will uh, trust you more. So they will see in you not just, you know, manager who just, come and saying them that they missed the deadlines but they will see the guy who understands subject and who is uh, who is concerned same as they about 
not to just meet the deadline, but also how how to do this. Yeah. And mm-hmm. actually, I believe this is the foundation to relationships between manager and the artist in general. So this one uh, and the other one, as I mentioned before, uh, uh, to be honest and to show guys bigger picture. When when people understand that their work is the part of something um, bigger, you know, they uh, understand that they are the part of the puzzle and not just isolated with their asset and it goes somewhere to the project as with outsource. Yeah, for instance, I did a lot of props and I don't know even uh, is the game was released right now or, or not. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, so when you clearly see where where things is going, it's easier for you, you know, to make these changes to perceive the feedback and so on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't know. It's kind of natural in some kind for me. So I don't know whether these points will be useful for. No, I mean, I I think it is. I think the the points are useful, obviously, but. I, I agree that you kind of need to know it or have, you know, have artistic background because I know situations where, um, where, where it's the other way around, where people are uh, working in management and then they're put to manage a creative team and they're not really, sometimes they can't even draw, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and, uh, just because, like in the company, they kind of were promoted and they wanted to do this, and uh, you know, so mm-hmm. I think it's more challenging. So when you have this background and you have this understanding, um, and especially if you know and you have the skills, it kind of gives you more trust, I guess, from the team and so on. Yeah, um, definitely, definitely. Ilya, did you have any experience with hiring people? Yeah, I. Uh... I've been hiring people for the last two years. Now we halted this process. And actually, I was really uh, fresh in these actions, you know, in these processes. So I started some some lit- literature about how to interview people and so on. And still, I think that I'm very weak in this kind of... Uh, you know, activity, but yeah, I, I had a lot of experience with that, maybe around 100 interviews in general. That's yeah, so, a lot. Uh, I think it's, uh, yeah, yeah, it's... that's a lot. And uh, yeah, sorry. And I've learned on each of them. And uh, there mm-hmm. was, there was like a very easy one when people just come and you talk to them, you know, without any, any system, to that uh, conversation, if you know what I mean. So uh, sometimes when you have a closed person or a specific person in terms of, uh, you know, he's freezing. But uh, I mean, uh, sometimes people are really open-minded and you, you know, you, you haven't to struggle to make them talk. Yeah, and it's uh-huh. pretty much easy. But sometimes people are really hard and not even not talky, but they are just, you know, just hard. I don't know how to explain it. So I had a lot of I had a lot of situations when guys was putting me in some kind of freezing while asking me questions or say, saying something to me, like, for instance, uh, they are not gonna do some stuff, yeah, and and that's it. So <laughs> this is the point on the interview, and it, it mm-hmm. was hard actually. It was hard, but then I used to it somehow and uh, had some kind of a scheme for myself uh, about what question to ask, about what I wanted to know from this person, and I think the most uh, important thing in the interviews, and I bet. Any uh, any guy from recruitment team will be laughing at me right now. But still, um, first of all, to study the uh, person with whom you're going to 
be talking yeah to to know exactly what he have uh, he has in his portfolio for example where he worked and so on and second one you have to specify more than clearly for yourself what you want to get from this person in terms of information yeah so in the end i came up with a you know with a plan and basically i did it for each person and in the, i think the last maybe 20 interviews was smooth <laughs> for myself so mm -hmm. yeah maybe ask me some specific question question about yeah it, about hiring so when you're hiring so one of the first steps is basically sourcing getting the candidates right so getting the resumes and figuring out whom you're going to interview so what are the like sourcing tools that you're using mm -hmm. i'm especially interested in like um in your own kind of company website do you use that a lot and what information is usually there uh, you know, it's more question to our uh, recruit, recruitment department because guys, uh, they do a lot of job uh, in this way. Uh, so we have uh, usually uh, posted, see, uh, posted um, vacancies, uh, I mean open positions on our website, yeah, and people uh, usually applying there, but uh, we also do a lot of passive search of the candidates also me doing uh, that stuff too so uh, actually what i do is i'm searching uh, art station for instance uh, also linkedins and checking what people post posting there what they showing and it also depends on the position where we uh, going to hire yeah so because uh, what i noticed that a lot of senior guys in ukraine for instance they um, they don't usually post a lot of works for our station for instance mm -hmm. and it's really hard to find to find something about them yeah because they usually stay in in some company for a long time and there is no you know uh, there is no yeah. sense of posting a lot yeah so mm -hmm. but, but but still my main instruments is search station i believe uh, and uh, for sure the recommendation of uh, my contacts uh, contacts and guys from the team because the team is huge and we usually uh, posting uh, open positions inside first uh -huh. first of all you know yeah yeah, yeah. So something I, I think... like that one of the problems that uh, you have when you're working, and especially when you're trying to find some like high-level candidates, like you know graphical engineers or those kind of people, you don't really see their work anywhere. Mm -hmm. and you don't really see them, and you don't really know where they are because th these are like the ultimate passive candidates, right? So you mentioned passive candidates who are like they're not really looking for a job, and they're not really updating their. Uh, portfolio they don't really update their linkedin they're kind of like staying one company for years and uh, it's fine for them like they don't really want to move so the what is the best way to get to those people so is, is it mostly from like recommendations and like internal references this kind of stuff that you're doing with the team uh, yeah, man, in my case, uh, the most successful uh, hires of guys like that was from the internal recommendations. Basically, mm -hmm. I, I would, uh, I would uh, honestly say to you that I don't remember hiring in our team from the, you know, from outside, from our station, for instance, because... Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's just hard to get to these people and to meet uh, their demands. It's more likely that some of these guys will uh, knock to your door, whether you to theirs, if you know what, mm -hmm. what I mean, yeah? So my experience, it's mostly junior and middle guys. So those to whom it's more, you know, uh, those who more accessible, if I can say. Yeah. So more motivated to find a job first of all yeah 
So, Ilya, when you're looking for these candidates and we're having these conversations, um, what are like the, the three main things that you're looking in? Uh, we want to share this mm -hmm. with the community and kind of explain them um, the important parts of this process. So to kind of end up our recording, can you mention like the three main things that you should be kind of projecting when you're doing a, an interview with the potential employer or maybe doing um, even like sending a resume? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, of course. So uh, I think I would uh, uh, I would split it uh, to uh, junior and middle positions because I'm more familiar with that. And uh, as for me, it's kind of obvious and it's logical, you know, because uh, we are artists and the first thing uh, the first thing I will look at is the portfolio. It's obvious as I don't know as what. So uh, for me, I, I always work on my portfolio to have it updated, you know, at least at least once a year. Yeah. And I'm not related all the time to 3D. So for guys who are related to it every day, I think it's must have like good works in portfolio because what we gonna be discussing if not works in portfolio, you know, so thing first is uh, updated works in portfolio. So uh, I will be completely okay if this works will be not co complex, you know, I understand that everybody is working and have families and so on. And I really the big fan of uh, that artist who post some uh, relatively simple stuff, but executed in the, you know, uh, absolutely great way if uh, you understand what I mean. So, for instance, like uh, small tools like screws or whatever, or some kind of a lamps or I don't know, I, I, like boxes, military boxes and stuff like that, uh, which, uh, you know, the things which not de demand you to invest a lot of time, but still you can show your skills and your artistic vision on that. So I think the... Uh, uh, the main point here is that you have to have portfolio, but uh, it shouldn't be very complicated. And I would recommend, like, especially junior guys, not to focus focus on really complex things. Yeah. yeah. Uh, by the way, a couple of months ago, some dude, I believe from India, but I don't, I don't remember actually. He posted. Um, he posted, oh my God, I forgot the word for that. Um, oh man, you, you have to help me. So uh, it's one of the balls, I believe, the word for that. Yeah, the, the ball. Do we have that? Sorry for backpedaling here. But so uh, anyway, it's a thing where you boil macaronis, for instance, or potatoes. <laughs> what do they call it? Dude, can hear you? Help me, please. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. It's a yeah, like a kitchen bowl, like basically where you boil water or yeah, 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 yeah. Pot. So you can say pot, like a, a pot, a pot. Yes. Yeah. Thanks for that. Sorry. Uh, so he posted a pot, but it was textured so cool, like it was you know used for five years, uh, I believe, uh -huh. with all that burn stuff and some detailed. Uh, like things and so on, like marks from the boiled water and so on, so on. And it was realistic as hell, but this model will take you, I don't know, at least maybe a week of two hours per day. I don't know, something like that. So I would recommend to every middle and junior guys not to focus on really complex things, but still work on the open portfolio with that small things. Yeah, so Ooh. this is number one for me. Uh, uh, actually, all other points are very subjective and depends on the person. And usually I figure them out on the interview. So I believe for me, it's a previous experience, right? It's not necessary should be from 3D, for instance, but 
uh, in our team we have guys from different uh, different spheres like um, advertising or even hr also yeah and uh, in my example i understand that people with different experience can you know can can be super productive and super useful and they can solve problems they have their ex- previous experience of solving problems so it's my number number two i believe uh, and number three it's uh, communication skills and this is exactly what we finding out on the interview usually and i will be honest that sometimes it's impossible to say after interview whether this guy's guy for instance the one who will fit or not and sometimes we we have a trial period uh, you know for for the, uh, the artist to actually understand uh, the soft skills yeah but uh, <clears throat> but still uh, most of the you know freshmen they think if they know a lot of technical stuff like they uh, sit and learn youtube uh, tutorials for zbrush for a lot of softwares it's very you know miss uh, very mistaken uh, so it's very mistaken opinion that the more software you know uh, the more useful you are for the junior and middle uh, guys. So I would highly recommend not to think like that. And uh, for me, for instance, in our team, we can easily uh, easily uh, learn any software or workflow. And we usually help uh, juniors and we have that period of learning, you know. Uh, and it's not a problem to study ZBrush, for example. The problem is to have good communication to explain what you will be doing to explain what you don't understand for instance to uh, solve some production situations you know some conflicts for instance and so on to prioritize work and to think to think in the logical and organized way and sometimes juniors uh, they even middle guys they just uh, you know underestimate this type of skills and and for me personally and for our team it's essential skill without that you just can't you just can't work and do production so number three for me is this exact soft skills of communication first of all yeah well thank you so much i think it was a very interesting and insightful interview we actually covered a lot of ground here uh, thank you for your time. Uh, we're almost like out of time. We've, mm-hmm. we've, we've talked like for an hour. Uh, so I wish you good luck, all the best. And uh, we'll link your art station as well as the article uh, in mm-hmm. the description. And uh, yeah, please go ahead, check out Ilya's work. He did an amazing breakdown re- recently. So yeah, enjoy. Yeah, Kirill, thanks a lot for meeting me and finding time. Thanks a lot for posting my review and work. Uh, no worries. Yeah, I really appreciate it. And I'm happy that uh, I had luck uh, to get noticed and uh, to talk to you. So looking forward to next interviews or works or whatever life gonna Absolutely. make uh, our cooperate. Yeah. Cool. Okay. Thank you thanks. so much. See thanks you, a man. lot. Have a great bye-bye. weekend. Yeah, bye-bye. Thanks for enjoying another episode of the 80 Level Roundtable podcast. Check out upcoming episodes on the 80 Level website at 80.lv. Join our career site at 80.lv RFP. And share our podcast with friends and on your social networks.